Hello everybody, I hope you're having an excellent day. This is Frank here. Just wanted to step in real quick to bring up a few things. This is another recording from our homes, not from the studio. Uh, we appreciate your guys' patience as we try to stay safe and stay home. Another thing, this is our second episode of the Esports Desk. We would really appreciate your guys' feedback on how you like the Esports Desk segment. It is something that we're trying to workshop in our main episode, and it will eventually, around July, become its own episode, so we have two episodes a week. Let us know what your guys' thoughts are. Is this something that rings true to our audience, or are you guys kind of like, nah, I don't really need to know about esports. That's what we really want to know. Uh, we want to get your guys' opinion on this and uh, go from there. We really appreciate your guys' feedback. Also, the reviews. Uh, any reviews really help us out right now. Thank you guys so much. Uh, continue to be cool with each other, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm with Squeaks today. Squeaks! And uh, we have a real full episode for you guys. So Squeaks and I are going to be going over the news and then we're heading over to the esports desk. Later on we'll have uh, Anthony and uh, Jonathan breaking down the new Facebook app. And uh, we end up recording a top five movies which will be, we're actually going to move that to next week. Just because this episode has too much cool stuff in it. Uh, and then we also have... Uh, we did the Blizzard Corner, which we decided to make Patreon only. So just because, again, it's too full of an episode. But that Patreon episode is completely free. You just got to check it out on our Patreon site. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's going on over there. Squeaks, how you been doing lately, man? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, not too much going on, of course, because of the circumstances that we're all in right now. But how about you? Doing okay. Yeah, just kind of hanging out, trying to stay productive and kind of scratching the walls a little bit. I, like, yeah. I cannot <laughs> wait to go to the bar together. <laughs> like I just got to get out of this house. Just clawing at the walls. Just get me out. <laughs> I'm already like, okay, we're going to coin up. We're going. To, I'm like, name of the bars. Oh, like, I'm going to this one. So, yeah, coin up's a good one. Yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's do some housekeeping. Uh, first off, you know how we normally we normally would like to try to mention the sources during the podcast itself, but while we're recording, we get a little antsy. We get you know we get ahead of ourselves. I'll forget to mention the sources. I want to remind everybody: everything we talk about is an article we've already written on our website. So one of us has written an article. It's on our website. And it includes the sources. So if you want to like bullshit, these guys are lying. Check the website. We have our sources on there, and you can confirm everything. Uh, next up, reviews. We've been kind of stagnant on reviews. If you guys want to hit us up for reviews, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to start up a contest. We're going to give out a free T-shirt at the end of May uh, based on everybody who's reviewed. So uh, new or old, if you already reviewed us, don't worry. You're in the contest. We're going to give a free T-shirt to somebody. And then uh, lastly, and huge news for us, Patreons have already heard about this, uh, CLNS, we've joined this new media network. Yeah. Uh what this means for us is there will probably be ads rolling your way in the next few months. Uh, the benefit to us is that we are now part of this really big, cool big group. Uh, we can share ideas. We can share guests. Uh, and, and really, it's something that helps us learn how to be even better and more professional for you guys. Uh, and, and whatever ads we run, the money goes back to the podcast. It's not like it's like... Oh, hey, you know, let's get a couple Ferraris. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking oh, about God, getting I new wish. mics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're talking about getting new mics and, and a nice computer that maybe doesn't freeze up when I try to render a huge video. If you're wondering why our videos don't look so sexy, that's why. Uh, and so so that's what's, that's what's in it for us. And then uh, in our partnership with CLNS, what they're receiving is they didn't really have a big video game corner. They needed somebody to cover those esports. And you know us, we're on top of that stuff. So... We're bringing them that corner that they're missing. And and they realized when I was talking to uh, uh, one of the guys over there that runs the place, he was saying like, man, esports, it's the future. And I'm like, yeah, no duh. That's what we've all known already. You guys are there t talking about baseball and we're over here talking about Call of Duty. You know, we got the lively one, okay? I'm telling you, I'd rather watch baseball or Call of Duty over baseball any day. Uh, so anyways, 
we're bringing them the esports, and uh, and that doesn't mean we're, not, we're shunning any of the networks we have. We're part of Pod Nation, very proud members are there. We're also part of uh, Altered Radio, and uh, a new one that's coming up pretty soon that we're actually going to be uh, on the ground floor of. And uh, no spoilers there, but that's going to be something really neat where we're going to actually bring in creators, kind of how we do these interviews with comic book writers. We're going to be doing that with a, a broader variety of different creators. So we really like to kind of get that insight. You know, you really like to hear about superheroes. Let's learn about how they were created. So we're going to be bringing that more to you guys uh, again over the next few months. So pretty exciting news. Um, that's about it. What have you been watching lately, Squeaks? I know we're all kind of, we keep doing the watching thing because we all play stuff together. Yeah. So what have you been watching lately? <laughs> Uh, I just finished binge watch, start to finish in one sitting. Uh, the show Waco. It's on Netflix, yeah. but it's not from Netflix. I, I don't know where it's from, but that's a really good show. Yeah. Um, uh, it was super addicting. It's a limited series, and what I like about that is that it just gets straight to the action right away. By episode three, they're already having the shootout, and it <laughs> just goes from there. Um, so I, yeah, I just finished that. How about you? What are you watching? Uh, I just finished Eastbound and Down, uh, oh, oh. and the final season is the best season in my opinion. And I know people are going to fight me on that because it changes format a little bit. But I think it's the best season. And I actually wanted more after the final season. Um, okay. I think I'm going to watch Righteous Gemstones one more time. And then I'm going to try to I'm gonna go over HBO, see what else I haven't seen yet before. Because next week is the final Westworld. And then after that, I think I'm kind of caught up on my HBO stuff. So I usually cancel it until something cool comes back out. You know, that mm-hmm. whole thing, that, that shuffle. Um, no reason to pay for something I'm not watching. So I'm going to yeah. go through HBO, Righteous Gemstones one more time. Really good show. And then probably that's about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Binging that HBO. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our news. Uh, two highly. This is actually part of the notes. So heads up on that. Two highly anticipated titles just re- just received new release dates. So the, both these games were uh, delayed, right? So the first is Last of Us Part Two was originally set for May 29th and is now June 19th. And then Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima uh, is now being released on July 17th. That was released in June originally. Uh, both these games, huge titles for the PS4. They're kind of the last hurrah for PS4, especially uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima, there we go. Tsushima, yeah. I can't even say that thing right. Tsushima, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm a slacker. Uh, <laughs> are you picking up these games? Uh, most definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, if you own a PS4 and you're not picking up Last of Us, I think there, there's some issues. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like owning an Xbox and not going to pick up Halo. Yeah, very good point yeah um, be nuts. so definitely i'm really excited about that um and it goes to shishima just from the uh gameplay that i've seen it it looks so amazing so beautiful and it, it just looks like a cinematic movie the whole time yeah uh so definitely gonna pick up both i am upset to hear that they are both delayed but i'm not shocked i'm a little upset for the fact that stop giving us these dates if you don't if you can't stick by them how many times have you delayed last of us so i'm getting kind of uh irritated at hearing about that but luckily, it's the both of them. Luckily for both, that they're not pushed back very long. So, yeah, uh, I'm happy about that. There was actually some leaks today uh, for The Last of Us Part Two that basically mm-hmm. gave away a huge story, you know, points. I didn't want to share them here because we are actually so close that it's like you guys are almost there. I don't want to necessarily yeah. spoil something for you. Uh, so that's so let's hold off on those. Um, but I got a question: Have you seen the leaks though? Uh, yeah, they were they were basically okay. videos that were you know captures of videos. That was okay, showing okay. like this person doing that thing. So, okay, um, got it. Yeah. And it was so curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, I really looking for this, looking forward to this ghost game. It, it looks so amazing. Open world yes. samurai game. Uh, man, it's just, it's stunning. It's just gorgeous mm-hmm. game. So I think they're going to both do very well. And there's, they're talking about how uh, ghost of Tsushima. There we go. Is going to be the last PS4 exclusive title. So that kind of shows you mm-hmm. how important that game is. It's, it's the last hurrah. 
Moving on to Nintendo. Nintendo's having a hard time keeping up with demand. It's kind of this perfect, everybody in the house will like Nintendo, your mom, your dad, your kids, everybody will. Uh, with the quarantine, sales are through the roof and having a hard time keeping it in stock. And it's made even worse by these smaller retailers that are kind of like on eBay or whatever that set these little bots up that sit there and buy it as soon as it's in stock somewhere. So say Walmart gets 20 at a certain store, the bot comes in, buys them up, and then somebody goes picks them up. So it makes it even worse. So according to a report by Nakia Asian Review, Nintendo plans to increase production by 10%. Now, this is a little bit tricky because most of the Nintendo Switch is not actually made by Nintendo. No processors over here, buttons over there. And so they're asking all of their suppliers to pick it up by 10%, but a lot of their suppliers have employees working at home, making this quite the struggle. Uh, so we'll see how it goes, but keep that in mind, guys. If you're sitting there hankering for a Nintendo Switch, they're working on bringing them back into the stores. Uh, now, I know you have a quite the situation with your Nintendo Switch. You want to break <laughs> that down for everybody at home? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I sent mine to the repair shop right before they shut down the uh, uh, repair uh, shop factories. Yeah, okay. I guess repair <laughs> shop, whatever it is. Um, so it was pretty unfortunate because as soon as I knew that the tracking, I looked up my tracking number and it was already there. I was like, sweet, I should get it in no time. Uh, that's when all the uh, repair shops closed down. Yeah. Um, so I have not seen my Switch since... I don't know, early March. Which means you're yeah. missing out on Animal Crossing. I am. I yeah. am. So instead of worrying about trying to get production out, how about you try to work at uh, all the <laughs> switches that you have? In the, how about yeah. you fix those? Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I, I think they already have your guys' money, so they're not totally worried about it. <laughs> they're trying to get the new money. Yeah, yeah. $45 to fix it, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, that is kind of pricey. Hopefully they get it up there. This is a problem that I think any other company would would experience because the supply chains nowadays are so big. They're all worldwide. Uh, do you think they should go out of house and maybe get something that's not up to Nintendo standards? Are you afraid that might happen if, they, if they're if they in such a rush to uh, increase their production? That'd be, oh man, that'd be horrible. Um, it's kind of run into the situation that many people might have the problem that I did um, with it overheating and the fan not working. So I w that would be pretty scary to, uh, to go that route. I think right now this is just a plus for Nintendo because obviously the demand's high. Yeah. Um, as a consumer, it's kind of uh, uh, pretty lame just because we can't get our hands on one. But I believe that if Nintendo just pump them out as much as you can, and um, I mean it'll work, it'll work eventually for you guys. Yeah. Um, you don't want to rush a product that's just gonna have a bunch of people complaining, and then you're gonna get the bad publicity soon if everybody switches just stop working within a month. That's true. That's true. They're known for their good quality products. I mean. My N64 controllers all still work really well and stuff like that. Yeah. That thing's ancient. It's as old as me. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, they keep up the, the quality. And it's such a good Nintendo system. I mean, Switch, I when I first came out, I was kind of worried because I actually thought it was going to be flimsy the way the sides click in. But it is totally a must-own for any gamer and for a lot of non-gamers. Uh, even my mom over there, she's like, like, I think I might get one of these. <laughs> like, yeah. I used to like playing <laughs> Nintendo or uh, Mario Brothers. I'm like, well, that's the one that's going to be on. It's not going to be on yeah. an Xbox. Mm -hmm. So uh, she might be picking herself up one when she can. Pretty crazy. Moving on to the next one. Venom 2 now has its name and release date as of now. So uh, Venom 2's release date has been pushed back from October 2nd over to June 15th, 2021. So next year. This new date was originally Batman's release date, the one with uh, Robert Pattinson. Warner Brothers also announced the new name, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, this is a clear nod to the next vil uh, villain. This is Carnage. He's going to be played by Woody Harrelson. Uh, what are your thoughts on the name? Do you think they could have done better? 
no, because I think that's what we're evolving around for. I mean, I like the little play on words because he's Carnage and then let there, you know, let there be pretty much mayhem. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with the name. I mean, I think. Going into it, you know that's what we're going to get. We're going to get Carnage, so why not just advertise him more? I think the more advertising of the character that we really want to see, because obviously every time we see Spider-Man, we want Venom, we want Carnage, we want one of those big guys. Right. Uh, so I think with them advertising it like that, I think that's a plus. Do you think Maximum Carnage would have been a better name since it's based off the cover? Uh, I see what part? you're saying. Hmm. Or if, yeah, is that maybe. too maybe. kind of inside baseball? That's my thing is, I mean, for the comic book fans, you'd be like, sweet. But if you're like yeah, Maximum yeah. Carnage, eh. Let There Be Carnage kind of sounds like this summoning of a character, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for us comic book, okay, so as comic book people, I can see like we're getting really excited just because of the maximum carnage, but yeah. then on the outside looking in, you're like, okay, that sounds like a, a, fi- a title for a five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, you know, it sounds kind of like almost like a Deadpool kind of joke. Yeah, there you go, uh, yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Um, I gotta be honest with you guys, still haven't seen Venom 1, which is a blind spot for me. You've seen Venom, correct? Yeah, but you're not you're not missing much. Just waiting for it to be free or something. Daniel swears by it. He almost gave it his Death Stranding score. So uh, we'll horrible. have to. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'll check it out. This why not? I'm watching everything else under the sun. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. Okay, moving on to HBO. What I have been watching. Uh, HBO Max has confirmed to be coming out May 27th, and it'll be free for a lot of you guys. HBO Max uh, will have the entire library of HBO, which is already a good deal. Plus a bunch of new content. We've already talked about some of this new content, Justice League Dark and whatnot, and the new Perry Mason. Uh, this new streaming service is going to be normally $15 a month, except for some of the AT&T co- uh, customers. So if you're current uh, subscriber to HBO, you're going to get it for free on DirecTV, Uverse, or AT&T, sorry, because they own all those. So you're going to be getting there. Um, well, AT&T owns everybody. It owns all this. Uh, anyway, so sorry. New customers will also receive one year as kind of a promotional thing. Like, oh, sign up for DirecTV and get one year of HBO uh, Max. Makes sense. Uh, other uh, current DirecTV providers or uh, uh, users, so say you don't have the HBO package, you're going to get three months of HBO Max for free to give it a shot. Good time to catch up on like some of the classics. Game of Thrones, if you're crazy and don't know what's going on with that. Or just some of the older ones. Like, like actually, yeah. Go to your Eastbound and Down, your Vice Principal, and your Righteous Gemstones. Catch up on those. Those are really good. And, I mean, some of them are only a few uh, seasons long. And then if you are an AT&T wireless user, you're going to get the three-month free trial, except for those who have the uh, AT&T Internet 1000 plan and the people who have the Unlimited Elite plan. You guys are getting it free forever, as long as you have those plans. With all of these little stipulations, are you getting HBO free? And if not, would you bother paying for it? Well, apparently I am because I'm an AT&T user. Good. <laughs> so, okay, cool. <clears throat> at least get the trial. But uh, with all these streaming uh, services out there, it's more like, okay, okay, we could argue, why don't we just pay for cable if I'm going to pay for this many services? Right. Yeah, but you're not getting the exclusives that uh, these services have, that cable is, that it's not going to be on cable. Um, I have to see what's on HBO first before I even try it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's... I don't know. I don't know what's really. I guess Righteous Gemstone would be a pull for me. Um, if they maybe make another Vice Principals, I don't know. They closed uh, up Vice Principals, which is sad, but yeah. Uh, man, I know. I want more, though. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I guess if you're. You know what's going to be the big pull is like the, the uh, Game of Thrones. What's going to do. Not the current True. Game of Thrones, but what they're making. The now. new ones, yeah. That'll that'll get those sub numbers uh, up right away. Yeah, for sure. I I will subscribe for that. So, <laughs> but in the meantime, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just gonna depend. Every with all these services, it all depends what exclusive they're at. 
there are like Disney has their Mandalorian. Uh, Netflix has, I mean, countless starting you know, Stranger Things, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, HBO or Hulu has like their uh, Castle Rock, which I really enjoy. Yeah. I haven't caught too much on the second season, but the first season I really enjoyed. So just depends what they have for exclusives. Yeah, uh, and that's that's kind of the way I roll it. Is like, look, Stranger Things is out. Make sure. Well, I, that Netflix is the one example that I ha- or one that I have all the time. But like, yeah. you know, a new whatever. Righteous Gemstones comes out. I'm going to get HBO for a while or Westworld. I'm going to waste my money on HBO for a while. And then <laughs> something cool on Hulu comes out. I'll get that. Something out of Amazon Prime, I'll catch that. So there's certain ones I'll just kind of pick up for a couple months, get my fill. And then it's like, well, why am I wasting my money on this? So I try to rotate it around. Not necessarily because they're super expensive, but if you were to buy all of them, it would be. And it, I think it's just responsible consumerism. You know what I'm saying? And what happens when we do that is then the companies know to kind to kind of bring more content our way so a good example is is disney plus there's a lot of people right now who are not watching disney plus why because mandalorian is over but now they know like okay so we gotta start filling up these content drafts that's why they moved up a couple of the marvel ones so now the marvel ones are coming this year instead of next year things like that uh this is what a responsible consumer that's their effect on the industry so we kind of tell them what we want by how we pay for things uh and yeah, that's how HBO Max is going to be treated for me as well. I, I actually get it for free as well because of the AT&T wireless thing. Yeah. But outside of that, I would have told them, like, you know, I'm going to hold off until something cool comes out again. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about HBO Max because I'm so tired of the HBO Now and Go mix-up. So I'm hoping this just kind of replaces both of them. Yeah, that'd be nice because that is confusing. So it'd be yeah. nice just to have one central uh, streaming service app. So. Yeah, that's going to be good. Okay, this is a sad story here. Epic Games finally gives in to Google. So Epic Games, well, go ahead. We've already broken the story maybe a year ago, year and a half even. Uh, Epic Games was in this long struggle uh, against uh, Steam. They both have these video game clients on the PCs. And uh, what it breaks down to is Steam was charging 30% to every developer who sold a game. So say you bought, you know, whatever, a game from, you bought Halo on Steam. 30% of that's going to Steam, to Valve's pocket, and the rest is going to Microsoft. Well, over at Epic, they only took 12%, no matter your size, only 12%. And Epic kept pushing the pressure on them, pushing the pressure on them. Finally, Steam gave in a little bit and made it to where, look, if you hit 10, 10 million in sales, we'll bring it down to 25%. And then if you push it up to uh, 50 million in sales, we'll bring it down to 20%. A little bit more favorable. Now, the indie guys were all upset about this, but let's be honest with you, or to be honest, it's the tent poles that keeps the doors open, right? So as long as they don't lose the big games, this steam's gonna be fine and that's what it was meant for uh so the reason epic was able to do this big fight is because of course they provide fortnite and fortnite funds the company that's why they're able to give away free games every thursday stuff like that which guys every thursday check up epic they get free games and it's awesome uh so but the entire time they've been fighting with steam they're also fighting with google google owns the android phone it's their operating system and they want everything to be done through the google play app which i don't care for myself uh, and through that app, they charge that same 30%, even for all the little microtransactions. It's freaking nuts. Think of how much that adds up, right? Every Candy yeah. Crush you go through. Uh, so players of the Android have to actually use the browser to get around it to play Fortnite on their phones this time. And what Google's been doing, because they're, they're trying to force Fortnite to give into this 30% deal and get onto the Google Play app, what they've been doing is they've been increasing the malicious warnings against Fortnite players. So say you're playing on the Android phone and you're, you're, you're using your workaround, you keep getting the alert, alert saying, oh, you're using a malicious program, careful, you don't want to get a virus, and it would stop your game. 
upsetting, exactly, upsetting Fortnite players. Uh, and it's it's unfortunate that Google has to play this way. It's kind of just chicken shit, to be honest with you. And uh, so finally, Epic had to give in. They didn't. They can, they can't overpower Google. They could out overpower Steam, but not Google. And so they're gonna let uh, Google take thirty percent of all their sales of all the microtransactions, skins, everything, your your Game Pass, and all that stuff like that. So, what do you think about that? Do you think? Epic has the right, and they're, Epic's going to Google saying, like, look, look at our PC. This is how it's supposed to be done. This is how the client's supposed to be run. Do you think Epic's in the right here? And, I mean, what should, what should they have done? What, what, what was the option for them? Uh, I don't, I mean, I can't, it'd be too much to pull uh, Fortnite off of Android systems, wouldn't it? Maybe my nuts. thing is, my thing is, I wonder if there was, because if, if they were to just straight up pull it off of all of Android's. Yeah. I wonder if the player outcry would have been so high, it would force Google's hands to give them an exception to the rule. Oh, yeah. That would be nice to, to see that pushback instead of giving in. But, I mean, on the Google side, you're kind of like, eh, if I was running a business, I mean, uh, right. more profit to something that's extremely popular. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't it, it sucks, but, I mean, I'm on, like, both sides. Really? And I was I was as well, especially back in the Steam versus Epic fight. I actually sided with Steam originally. As time went on and I used the Epic Game Store more and more because of the free games, I've actually grown to to like the Epic Game Store. It has its flaws, just like Steam does, but I can see some potential there. Uh, I think, of course, once the Fortnite money starts to dry up, their policies will quickly change. Um, I, I wish that this story was more publicized. It feels like it was kind of brushed under the rug. Nobody was really talking about this. But if if Epic took this moment to actually start telling the world, like, look, Google is taking 30% of all the sales and not budging. It might have put in some national spotlight on them. The Steam fight was pretty was pretty loud out there. The Google one was being suppressed. And look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, if you were to Google something about this, you might not find as many articles as you'd like. You know, it might be something there. But if you binged it. If you binged it, you can find all the articles <laughs> you want. You and the three other people using Bing, you're yeah. all over it. Yeah. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about Bing later on. <laughs> I, I just, that just popped up in my head. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. <laughs> so, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Anything else you want to say before we close out on this, guys? No, I mean, it, the it's nice to see the competition. Um, we need instead it. Instead of someone just it. owning it. Yeah, but Steam has just been around for so long. And it's like, if I know I'm going to buy a game and it's on every client, I'm, I'm going to go to Steam. I mean, That's why they had such a position in the fight. In the first place, if it wasn't for that, then game developers would have easily gone over to Epic and stayed on Epic because I mean, twelve percent versus thirty percent is ridiculous. It's a really yeah. good deal, but the problem is, is look, I already have a library of six hundred, seven hundred games on Steam. Yeah. Why would I want to, you know, try to start a brand new library? And I think That's that kinda... might be why they're giving away the free games is so people start to build these library, which was free, but they build that library on Epic Games where they don't feel as bad about using it for the first time. Yeah, that's kind of why what was confusing to me when I first got into the PC gaming. Is that why do I need to click on four different applications to right, yeah. play the game I want to? So that's why all my stuff is usually on Steam. Uh, but you get the hang of it after a while, you know. It takes a bit. It, it, yeah. yeah, it doesn't bother too much. Um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of like, you know, like an Xbox. All my games are just on the Xbox. So I like how all my games are just on Steam. It's nice to have them all in one place. I can't stand when I yeah. buy a game on Steam and then I have to open it up in Ubisoft Uplay Launcher. Yeah. And then it has an anti-cheat program that has to run real quick. I'm just like, come on, guys. Let's let one person handle this. You know, even if you were to kind of combine them all into like a fake browser version that kind of just does all the clicks for me, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. It's just so silly that these are ran everywhere. Um, 
And yeah, and, I, and again, on this Epic thing, Epic versus Google thing, I just, I feel like Google has too big of a name, but I think Epic could have put a better fight up. I know they've been trying for years now, and I just wish it was more publicized, but uh, it's interesting. I mean, we have to be, again, smarter consumers, and just think about this next time you're out there buying a Google phone or something like that. I, now, I don't know what Apple's cut is, but apparently Epic had no problem with it. I, I should yeah. have looked that up, actually. Uh, but yeah, apparently they didn't have any problem with it. I my worst the worst part about all this is the fact that people were playing just fine on the Android Android phones after their workaround, and Google's making sure that it's considered malicious. I mean that's just that's just shady. Yeah, that's it too is. bad. Definitely, that's uh, such a cock move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, next up. Now this this article. There's sometimes when I'm sitting there and I'm writing notes, and I'm like, oh man, this one is good. This one's passionate. I I proofread it twice. This is really good stuff. <laughs> Okay, so we've been reporting to you guys over the past month uh, the fact that Diamond Distributors basically closed down the entire comic book industry, right? It started off with uh, them saying that, look, we don't have enough demand for comic books, so we're going to stop shipping comic books. And so all of a sudden, all the local comic book shops were not receiving any new comic books. This happened on March 23rd when Steve Jeppe, the CEO of, of the parent company, Jeppe Family Enterprises, said, like, look, we're, we're out of business for now. And then they told a couple of weeks later, they said, look, we're not going to pay DC or Marvel or Image or Dark Horse or any of those guys any money because we're not moving comic books. So it doesn't make sense for us to pay our bills. And there can be arguments on both sides for that thing. But the way that they operate, I'm just not a big diamond distributor fan. So I will admit I have strong bias in this argument. OK, so moving forward, if I'm saying things that seem a little biased, I'm clearing it up right now. Yes, there is. OK, <laughs> DC just made a huge move. Okay, this is big. They've announced that they're bringing brand new comic books into your comic book shops on April 28th. So when you're listening to this podcast, brand new comic book shops or brand new comics are in your shops right now. You guys can go get them. Okay, they're using uh, this is uh, Jim Lee's the one that announces. You love Jim Lee. I love Jim yeah, Lee. I He's do. amazing, right? Uh, so he announces. He says uh, starting on Tuesday, April 28th, then continuing on May 5th and 12th. This is the comics that were meant to go out on April 1st, but then Diamond canceled everything right before they went out. So these are the ones that are out there now. Uh, they're going to be using two smaller distributors, one called Lunar Distribution and the other one called UCS uh, Comic Distributors to get these out. So these guys have normally worked with smaller like um, comic creators that are kind of indie comics. These guys have worked with indie comics in the past. Now they're working with DC, some big guys. Uh, so yeah, so Jim Lee, who is the chief creative officer and amazing you know, comic book artist himself and writer, uh, told Kevin Smith on his podcast, we everybody knows Kevin Smith, uh, he had, a, he had a, uh, a quote here. He says, the stores that are open and have figured out ways to stay in business, we want to help them out. We want to give them products to sell. We want to give them the lifeblood that keeps their business afloat. What a great quote that shows yeah. DC has heroes that don't wear capes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's such a cool quote. And, and a lot of our listeners, by the way, guys, I want to say thank you to you guys. I know you guys have been going out. Buying those gift cards, buying the magic cards, buying old comic books to help keep your local comic book shops open. Now, why am I so biased against uh, Diamond Distributors? They've had a monopoly since the 90s on all distribution. And it's really been putting a chokehold on on uh, innovation in the industry, right? So they, uh, they, they've bought up all these little things across UK and Canada and United States, all the small distributors, and made sure that all the big guys have to go through them to uh, be able to sell their comic books. And they even had the uh, U.S. Justice Department in 97 open up an investigation against them about an antitrust investigation to make sure they're not monopoly, right? So in the investigation, it was closed in November 6, 2000, after deciding that, here it is, here's the quote, 
Although Diamond enjoyed a monopoly in North America over comic books, direct market distribution, they did not enjoy a monopoly over the books distribution. This got every comic book person pissed off, right? I know I'm looking at your face through Zoom right now and you're like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Uh, So everybody who is a comic book fan was upset about this because, well, books and comic books are two different things. The distribution doesn't work the same way, you know? Getting out the next Harry Potter is not the same as every Tuesday or every Wednesday, a new comic book needs to be on that shelf, you know, and it's a different variety. It's a whole different story. Uh, So anyways, that's always been kind of the stranglehold and everybody's trying to break through. With DC supporting two smaller distributors, this could open up the doors for other distributors and Lunar and UCS, uh, UCS, the uh, other distributors can use this to really grow and bolster that they're going to have to up production like crazy. Uh, So they have a chance to create something now with this innovation. And we need innovation in this, in this industry because it basically hasn't changed since the 90s. This is an industry that hasn't changed since the 90s. That's nuts. Uh, so a lot of the digital automation and stuff like that, that's all been kind of lackluster for these guys. So that's a lot of information coming your way, Squeaks. We probably should have broken up <laughs> as we go. I just got too excited. This is how the story yeah, is. Yeah, you did. I felt that <laughs> excitement. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, what are your thoughts on DC getting comic books out to the small comic book shops? Let's start with there. Okay, so my favorite thing what DC is doing is going to those different uh, distributors to branch out and see what wonder if someone else could do things a little better than what Diamond used to do um, or is doing currently. What I hope that this would, what I hope happens is that this other companies like Marvel, Image, and Dark Horse kind of do the same thing get get off of uh, Diamond if I mean if they're using it and then uh, do different things and maybe we can get comic books handed to us. I don't know what more frequently or easier or more amount or uh, just different ways for more easy access for us. Cause I mean, we're kind of jumping into a world where everything's just digital now. So what's yeah. going to help me go to the, what's going to make me go to the comic book store and get the comic physically over just clicking a button right now. Um, so if somehow they could do maybe a delivery system, what if they do a delivery system to your home? That would be nice. But that's yeah. basically what Amazon does. But then I, we're going to get rid of the comic book stores. I know they hate me. Yeah. Okay. So. Everybody go team up on squeaks. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, my thing is, is what if they had a, a nice little uh, pool list, like you would at your local comic book shop, but have something where you go to the local comic book shop, they have a computer system there. They're like, well, what do you want? And then it's all computerized and you could track it. And then it would give you, you know, text alerts that are done by the distributor, not so much by their local comic book shop who's already going to be bogged down with things to do. Yeah. Uh, now, if you've ever been on Diamond Distributor's site, it looks like it's made in the 90s, and they need, haven't needed to upgrade it. It looks terrible. So there is no way to like place an order or something like that through there. You have to actually call them. You know, it's just nuts. Uh, so yeah, if there's kind of this thing where I can log into my my account, you know, something sort of like that, and then just see how the comic books are coming in. Like, oh man, that's right. I got to pick up these three that just came in. I think yeah. that'd be a lot of fun. That's the thing is we don't know how much better it can be because it hasn't changed yeah. in so long. I wonder if they did set up kiosks like that at comic book stores. I wonder if there is a kiosk there and if they don't have a comic or you want more of something that you can order right there instead of them doing it yeah. for you. Uh, but it's kind of more interactive because maybe you can see a huge library that the comic book store does not have. Well, and the so. best part about a comic book shop is the knowledgeable person there selling comics. Yeah. So yeah. not only are you sitting there like, well, what do you suggest? And then you're looking at their shelves and they're like, oh, you know what's really cool is, uh, you know, the killing joke, which is, of course, one of those yeah. popular ones. The killing joke, but oh, we don't have it in stock. Well, let me show you at the kiosk, you know what I'm saying? And I can get it in for you on Tuesday. That's such a good sell too, though, because then you're just, okay, You're I'm talking to you about the killing joke. Oh, by the way, what's like a maybe a suggestion area is multiple other comic books that you might like. So that's just a selling point for comic book stores too to get you to buy more. Yeah. Which, and, and, 
Yeah, I never have a problem with that. <laughs> right, but you, but it's even better than that. So, like, say on Amazon, say you're looking at something and has the suggested items underneath. I wish there was a person next to me that says, yeah, but you really don't want that one. Yeah, that one's, well, oh, you know what? I know you because you're one of my regulars. You really like this one. Like, they could even narrow down the search in a more personal way. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to me. That's what, what uh, so kind of like Saga. We love Saga. But yeah, that's yeah. how it all started with me is uh, the guy that I always talk to. Uh, knew my interest and he's like oh maybe you want to check out saga because i was looking for something new that wasn't so superheroish i was like okay whatever i'll give it a try it's one of the best series i've ever read we want to name the comic book shop that was give him a shout out while we're on here um launchpad in lodi california right now i'm a little scared because all their windows are cardboard up so i'm hoping this is just a corona thing and not a closing thing but everything else is still up like the open sign and some posters so i was like "Uh." whenever i've gone into his shop he's had customers around and he is super knowledgeable he's very very yeah. knowledgeable. Okay, so Diamond's uh, Monopoly, of course, we talked about how innovation could be needed and stuff like that. And DC's moving forward. Here's some of the DC comic books that you guys can pick up on May 28th. Let me know if you're going to get any of these squeaks. So we have Batman number 89. This is the third printing of Batman number 89. Actually, just bought the second printing last week. Daphne Brine number four. The Dreaming number 20. This is the, collu- the conclusion of the Dreaming Saga. Nightwing, number 70. This is uh, the second printing. This is with the Joker in there. And then Batman Giant, number four. This is the 100-page issue. This real, you know, massive one. Uh, any of these that, that spark your interest? Um, the Batman Giant, only because for the uh, I like comic books that are thick. Sometimes I wait for the trade. So yeah. if anything, I can get a more complete story and just for instead of just a little issue uh, is what's going to bring my attention towards that comic over others. Batman number 89, you might want to pick up if you can find it because that is no. the introduction of Punchline. Which is Joker's oh, okay. new girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I was like, oh, score. <laughs> I grabbed that one. <laughs> now, uh, you know, for you for you fans out there that are collectible fans, think of this. These two smaller companies are going to be doing the distributing. So that means that there's probably going to be a lot less actual comic books in the stores. So if you get your hands on these, just collectible-wise, I can't imagine the value of these things. not going. I bet the third printing of Batman 89 is going to be more valuable than printing number two. Because there's a lot less of the third printing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got this indie no. distributors that are trying to get out. So they're probably going to get like maybe five of each to each store. Maybe. So all of a sudden, the value goes up. How long do you think that'll last until people will just be like, oh, I'm just going to get it digitally? Uh, you know, it, people are already doing that. I mean, let's yeah. for even for you and I, like I love to go to the comic book shop, discover something new, maybe pick up mm-hmm. like something I'm really collecting because I'm a collector. But for like my everyday reads, I have, I have a comicsology, you know, pass and all that and there are a lot of comic books on my list and i'm sitting there just perusing through there you can't help you know there's the the feel will never uh um will never go away like i love the feel of going to the comic book store and talking to my guy at the launch pad um but to fight for a batman comic when i know i could just get it digitally that's what might kill me yeah um but I think I would still go to the comic book store and pick up things I wouldn't think I would read. Kind of like my saga story. Mm-hmm. Um, discover something Just new. one supportive and discover something new. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all good things there. Uh, Diamond, uh, they, of course, are all upset about this. And they're saying, they're like, no, we still have a contract with Di- with uh, DC. All the comic books you guys have already ordered are coming. Really kind of shoving things. So they actually didn't even talk to DC. They went right to the... They actually emailed all the little comic shops like, we're sending you comics on the middle of May. Like, no, we don't need your comics now. DC is going to be bringing us our comics already. So it's going to create this weird thing. Um, and, and we've seen inside of Diamond Distributors plants. They're all empty. All the, all the shelves are empty. So it's not like they have anything to really send right now. 
uh, and, and they're just being really aggressive. We'll see how things shake out. Uh, for this one, guys, please check out our website for the sources because I'm pretty proud of that. This one took a lot of research. One of them straight up a law book, Squeaks. I'm telling you, I went real <laughs> fancy on this one, okay? What do you think if we interview one of these comic book uh, owners and see what their experiences is with the change? I am actually midst of working that. I'm working on nice, that. Yeah, nice. I, I want to have okay. you in on it too. Uh, okay, yeah, for sure. Over at Cards and Comics. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be working on that. Uh, next sure. two weeks. Two weeks from now, we have an interview with a new comic book uh, writer. I'm excited to share that with you guys. We, were, we actually already recorded it, but it'll be coming out the week of May 15th. So that's that's a fun one too. But yeah, uh, I'm working on that one, Squeaks. It's going to be fun. Nice. Really cool. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get some magic cards while we're there too. I'm just oh. saying. I bought the new deck. Nobody's wanting to play with me. It feels like feels like middle school all over again. I got my magic card sitting in the corner. I'm just counting them. We got the webcams now, so my deck's already ready. Uh, no, you need a no. I have a brand new. Going to be cracking the box open, opening booster <laughs> decks on camera. I need you to have some brand new. I don't want you to bring oh, out your well worn deck. I want something brand new that's un you know untested. Okay, okay, I can do that. I can do all that. right, oh, well, let's open them on cam. We'll stream that out, guys, and then uh, we'll share it with everybody. <laughs> all right moving on to the next thing team fortress 2 has been breached on uh in may 2018 a disgruntled lever softworks employee released a source code for both csgo and tf2 so for csgo it was a 2017 patch called operation hydra which has already been replaced you know it's an older patch and they they modernize the game often tf2 unfortunately it was the patch that you still use uh the jungle inferno patch so this source code is leaving TF2 players vulnerable to malware. Uh, and, and it gives a third party full control of your PC. So you open up TF2, you play a little bit, and apparently they can get in and check out your banking or whatever else you store on your computer. Uh, any folders you don't want open and whatnot. Okay, so uh, the this is kind of becoming a little foggy because the Reddit universe, they keep posting up pictures like, oh, I got hacked, and these like fake baloney ones. And so a lot of the people trying to report on the story are having a hard time kind of feeding through Reddit, doing Reddit's things. It's, it's really becoming hard. Uh, the Team Fortress 2 Twitter account states that the, they've investigated the issue. The game's completely safe to play. And uh, and then TF2 and CSGO have both come out and said, like, if you guys do d- uh, discover where this leak is from, please tell Valve Security. So they acknowledge that the leak happened, but they say that the game's still free to play. What do you think about that on, on their statements there? Do you trust them? No, no. I mean, okay, I could trust them, but I'd still be scared. I mean, yeah. we spend how much money onto our, our computers, and the last thing we want is someone taking control of our computer, and who knows what they're getting out of it. Um, so I would not – I mean, even though I might trust you, I wouldn't take the risk until I know everything's for surely settled. Yeah, I think it's best you guys just wait before you open these, uh, even though they're saying that, you know, it's fine. Now, people that I'm finding to trust even more are some of the leaders in the community. So there's uh, Two Eggs, which is a prominent modder for the company because there's a lot of modding that goes goes on in uh, Team Fortress 2. He tweeted out a PSA urging uh, people to avoid opening TF2, discussing the malware thing, and waiting for Valve to respond. And Valve, Valve hasn't response, responded since the 22nd. So it's been forever since they've even brought this up, and yet the community is still worried. Uh, the Steam uh, site is called Steam Database. You guys should really be following this, this uh, Twitter account and checking out the website. They are on top of it. They show all these stats for everything that runs on Steam and everything like that. It's a really interesting site. They break news like crazy. If there's a leak, it's from, and you know, they're the ones that are first reporting it. They first had the screen grab of the leaked code. They actually have the screen grab of it and have it posted on their Twitter, and it's on our website as well, so you guys can check those out. Uh, so the community leaders are saying, be careful. Don't open uh, uh, Team Fortress 2 while, 
you got the companies that are saying, oh, no, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. Which do you find to be more accurate? I mean, I, I, I find myself siding with the community leaders, the ones that are actually out there that don't have anything to lose. Yeah, and I feel like you have to. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like you have to. And uh, for this situation, like I just mentioned, I'm here looking out for myself. So I'm not going to take any risk to wreck anything that I've owned or spent a lot of money on or put a lot of t- a lot of time in because this is what I enjoy doing. The last thing I want is someone hacking into my computer and wrecking everything. Yeah. So. It, you know, and it, it's too bad because Team Fortress 2 has been around for a long time and there's some very loyal players. Kind of like Overwatch, actually. A lot of people would, could, you know, compare the two together with their communities and whatnot. So you feel bad for these players because this is like their game, you know. Uh, and, and that happens for a lot of other communities as well. But I think we need to just take a while, take a breather, let it, let play something else for a bit. Let Valve come out with a statement that says, like, look, guys, this is what the problem is and they're fine. I don't know. I just, I still don't trust it. I mean, at your own risk right now, guys, just kind of be careful out there. Now you brought you brought up uh, you just said the word Overwatch. Now if this were to happen to Overwatch, I'd probably take the risk. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'm playing Overwatch. But it's the same thing. The people who are yeah. dedicated to Overwatch, yeah. like yeah. you and myself, you know, we would have to we'd have <laughs> to be tough. careful. That is tough. Yeah. So yeah, I know we're we're talking. To, we're not TF2 fans, but <laughs> we're talking to TF2 fans that'd be like, oh no, don't worry about it, guys. I got this. <laughs> so, I'll just scrap the computer later on. All right, uh, normally we do good news at the end of the show during this whole COVID thing. I I decided to take a couple pieces of good news and just share them right here. So first up, Xbox is helping players give back. And what what they're doing is your Microsoft reward points. I don't know if you've signed up for this yet, Squeaks, but it's pretty cool. You've been able to donate to the CDC Foundation to help fight the COVID-19. So far, once they announced that, they had 100,000 donations equaling hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so now Xbox is stepping it up. They're actually donating to the United Nations Foundation and Global Giving. Players can earn these points from just making an account on MicrosoftRewards.com. You just link it to your regular Xbox account. And then just play any Microsoft game. So Sea of Thieves, Halo, whatever. You know, you can get out there, get your Forza on. You're going to be raking up these points. And then uh, you could donate them on the dashboard of your Xbox. There's a little spot for it. You can pick which charity you want to donate to. And donate as many points as you want. Each point you donate equals $1. So that shows you how much money you could really be raking in if you're just sitting there playing games. You could be doing good with that. Some non-gamer ways to make uh, to earn some reward points is searching with Bing. If you want to be one of those five people. <laughs> now, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> get out there with Bing. Uh, shop Microsoft products. So like actual new Xbox, stuff like that. that. If you were to actually do that with a rewards account, you rake up a ton of points. And then you can put that money back into some good charities. Uh, you can use the Edge browser. Uh, you could rent or buy movies through the Xbox. You have that option. Or even on your computer, as long as you use the Windows 10 rental system. All these ways to give back. Uh, Squeaks, have you signed up for rewards uh, yet? No, I have not. I have not. Okay. Um, what I do like about this, though, um, it makes it easier to donate. And that's what I think is going to... Uh, that's what's coming with all these donations, is that if you make it more accessible for people and easy for people, then they're willing to do it. Yeah. Um, so even if I'm just sitting on the couch, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just do like maybe three bucks or something. Uh, how many other say million people are going to do three bucks? And then that's all, look at all that money you got. And when I made the account, dude, just like in the initial setup and kind of like that, oh, you can get fifty points if you do the tutorial. You can do. I mean, you can rack up. You can rack up points yeah. so fast. Uh, so get on there. At least do the initial setup. You'll get a ton of points, and then jump on your Xbox and donate them. I think you have to have a minimum of a thousand to donate. But, uh, I mean, 
I think Sea of Thieves in a couple hours. I'll probably have that in no time. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, Minecraft. Oh, God. If I can name all the games that I'll be racking up points with, uh, you could be doing a lot of help. Now, I know we're talking about charity, but what okay, What are the rewards for these points? So, uh, typically, you can buy, I think it's customizations. I haven't really looked okay. into it too much. There is some sweet swag in there, though. There is a whole swag shop you guys could take a look at and see what you want to exchange your points for normally. Okay. Okay. If you don't yeah. want to give to charity squeaks, not saying that at all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to learn more about this uh, rewards program. <laughs> yeah. All right, our, our uh, last good news bit we have here is, and this, this is daring to both of you and I, everybody here on the podcast, are huge Blizzard fans. So just this is the moments that 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 gets us at BlizzCon. This is the actual Blizzard that we love. It's not the Activision garbage. It's this. So Blizzard sent all their wow. employees. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I was like, wow, the Activision. Little shadow you just threw out there. <laughs> Look, it is out there. Oh yeah, I was I was on board with booing them at uh, at uh, BlizzCon when Activision oh. stepped up, up on stage. I was <laughs> not happy. So, anyways, so Blizzard sent all their employees home to work from home, and uh, they are paying everybody that goes home, including the janitorial staff, everybody that doesn't necessarily work on a computer. They're all getting paid for being at home and keeping the place safe. They also gave care packages to everybody. They even delivered them to their houses and they set up like a little drive through in the uh, parking garage. The people can come by, pick up soap, toilet paper, paper towels, uh, cleaning supplies, all kinds of goodies, snacks, a bunch of snacks in there and stuff like that. So they kind of get their morale up. Uh, right now, all Blizzard employees are under a lot of strain because we have Overwatch 2, we have Diablo 4, and we have Shadowlands all on the horizon. So it's really hard time for, for Blizzard to be shut down like this. But they're really trying to step it up and help out their guys. Uh, the other thing they're doing is, and this is at the California and Texas branch, which is the two main headquarters. So the other thing they're doing is this week has always been take your kids to work week, really fun event, especially at Blizzard when they have giant statues of orcs. They got rooms with like cool shields and swords on the wall and all kinds of decorations and stuff like that. They really lean into it. So what they did this time is they did a virtual version. They were giving tours throughout BlizzCon. Like, Hey, this is where your mom and dad work. This is where your dad over here and your mom over there. Da 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 da. And it was really awesome is Chris, Met Chris Metzen, one of the original Blizzard people, who is the voice of Thrall, was reading storybooks to kids. And I mean, I'm like, yeah. why was I not in on that Zoom call? <laughs> yeah, I right. would have loved it. <laughs> what are your thoughts about this? this? These are the type of things that say, you know what, money doesn't matter to me right now. A company that's taking care of me this much is truly what's more important to me. Yeah. And that's just going... I don't even think that's that's a way past above and beyond. That's it, that's fantastic for uh, these employees. Yeah, it shows a company that actually cares for their employees. You know, we mm -hmm. we've talked about often uh, different companies that are they're pushing their employees too hard, and and these guys are in the in a time when crunch would actually yeah. be you know most used when they have three games on the horizon, and yet they're like, go home, stay safe. Here's some snacks. Yeah. It's just it's just a cool move all around. Uh, props to Blizzard. Uh, again, guys, we have a whole Blizzard corner covering all the new stuff that's been data mined from uh, BlizzCon. You guys can check it out on our Patreon. Completely free. Go take a listen. All right, Squeaks, we're going to go ahead and throw it over to the eSports desk. What's been going on in eSports this weekend? All right, sir. So right now, I will actually, from now on, I will be covering everything Overwatch um, okay. as much as I can. And right now we are in week twelve of Overwatch, and right and all right, and currently, as I speak of this Overwatch league, I am wearing my Gladiators jersey. So, very nice, very nice jersey. So uh, we just had uh, week twelve, uh, and let's just start off with uh, Saturday. So a lot of clean sweeps uh, happened over the weekend. 
Um, start off, we have Dynasty beating Spark 3-0. Uh, rounds one. So just going off the rounds, we had a 2-0 for Dynasty, 3-2 for Dynasty, and a 3-1 for Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, Spark almost looked like they had it in the second round with the 3-2, but ultimately they, they lost and it was 3-0. Uh, Dragons beat the Charge, 3-0 as well. Uh, rounds, uh, di- uh, Dragons 2-1. 2-1 round 2 and 1-0 round 3. Um, they were close in the first two rounds, uh, round 1 and 2. Uh, yeah. But, of course, Dragons have just been dominating in the number 1. They really division. have, yeah. They have, they have. Um, and number 1 in their division um, as well. So, they're they're a force right now. Yeah. Um, Excelsior? Excelsior? Sorry, Excelsior, I'm, having a hard time saying, yeah. I'm having a hard time saying that word. Thank, I think should know Stan it by Lee now. Saying it. Say I know, Stan Lee saying it. I should really know how to say that because of Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh they they beat the Hunters 3-0 as well. Uh this was pretty uh like they just annihilated uh Hunters. Yeah. Uh 2-0 2-0 3-0 for rounds 1 run through 3. Um also Fusion uh they're on a rampage as well, number 1 in their division. Uh they uh had a 3-3-0 also, uh, rounds 1 2 0 6 4 and 5 4. Uh, the last few rounds were going uh back and forth with the 6-4 and the 5-4. Mm-hmm. But Fusion is just, they're on a rampage as well with the Dragons. We have some stages. dominant teams. We got, we're we having a situation we where there's just teams getting blown by. You know, it feels like yeah. people have really kind of pulled their forces. They want to make sure that they can take out Shock this year. And they're just, they're stomping around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Shock, they came in uh, pretty confident as uh, with the oh, post. I would assume uh, so. Yeah. With the with the uh, post interview. They they went into it knowing that they were going to win. And they came out with the win. And it obviously shows... Um, Three zero as well. Round one, two zero, four three, and three two. Um, yeah. It's yeah, they were in there talking, talking smack, but they they backed up what they were saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, and they they earned it. I mean, we see how they play. They mm-hmm. make these moves that just put us in awe. Uh, man, if I can do that, I'd be talking smack too. Yeah, people who watch our YouTube and our stream, they know we don't do that great, and yet we still talk smack like crazy. <laughs> we're on top of it over here. Yeah. Oh man, Portuguese team. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> just throwing that. Yeah. Um, Sunday we start off with the Sparks versus the Hunters. Um, that was actually um, pretty close the first two rounds, and then they ran away with the uh, third and fourth round. The Sparks did mm-hmm. uh, beating the Hunters. So round one we had uh, just going off the rounds. Uh, one two Hunters, three two Sparks, three zero Sparks, and then three zero Sparks. So it's like that little trouble at first, but then they kind of just um, got, got yeah they um, talked about whatever, and then they um, figured out what what the game plan yeah. was from there on out. And you see that uh, with all sports where you just, sometimes you need a break in the second, in the, in the half time to kind of get yourself refocused, get out there mm-hmm. and stomp the competition. Yeah. Yep. Talk about what didn't happen so well in the first round and then they yeah. get it together. Yeah. Uh, Dragons again, just on the rampage three zero um, dragons beating uh, dynasty uh, rounds uh, one going on two zero dragons two one dragons, then one zero dragons. Uh, I don't see too many teams really beating the dragons as of right now. They're just on fire. Yeah. And they yeah. lost their home event too, so maybe they have kind of this little like anger in them, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, they lost the homestand uh, a couple months back. True. Um, Excelsior had a, a great weekend uh, with a Sunday. They beat the Charge three zero as well, mm-hmm. um, and that is a two zero Excelsior three two and three two. They yeah they uh, struggled a little bit towards the round two and three, um, but ultimately still came out undefeated this weekend. Uh, Mayhem. Actually, uh, beating the uprising uh, rounds has a two zero one zero three two. Mayhem took it all, but uh, uprising's been struggling this season. 
With only yeah, one victory, they're third, at the very bottom. Third. Yeah, I don't think they're going to send anybody to the Worlds or anything like that. You know, I think it's just going to be kind of a chill year for them. Everybody needs them sometimes. It's not a chill hey, year for okay. us. Okay. Uh, into uh, to end uh, the whole weekend, we had a pretty pretty awesome uh, last match with um, Field beating the Outlaws. Yeah. Um. So the rounds goes as a two-one Field. Uh. Zero one outlaws, one zero field, two three outlaws, then two one field. That's um, that's good matches right there. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised of how many clean sweeps we had um, over yeah. the weekend, um, but it was nice to see this one go back and forth. And what I really liked too is that this was basically a battle for Texas. So yeah. we had oh, Houston yeah. versus Dallas, yeah, and Governor's uh, Bowl kind of their uh, bowl. Yeah, yeah. So this was pretty neat to see him go back and forth, and and uh, that one, yeah, we went five rounds with that one. So shoot. Yeah. I was going. So as of right now, uh, um, with the the current standings, uh, I'm gonna just read off the top six teams that are for sure in the playoffs. We have uh, 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 sixth place Spitfire, fifth place Shock, fourth uh, Dynasty, three Excelsior, two Dragons, and one Fusion. Um, this is just the cutoff of the playoffs, but we have those play-in teams too, which my Gladiators are in. So yeah, but we'll see how they're doing. I think they're ranked like nine or something. Um, so going into week 13, I just want to bring up the hero rotation. We have, uh, what they, what that is basically is they take out two DPS, one tank, one healer. And we have that list now and which is pretty insane. We have McCree being is not a selection for week 13, which is interesting because week 11, I believe he was also picked for, uh, not being able to play that week. So, uh, we won't see McCree again. Widowmaker is the second DPS that's, uh, taken out. Good um, oh wow! Damn. <laughs> well, because oh, they find me. I don't know whether I don't yeah. know how it's possible, but the Widowmakers always find. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Widowmaker. So for tank we have Wrecking Ball that is not playable, and for healer we have Mercy. What do you think so. is the biggest effect of those characters being dropped out? Oh man, uh, I don't see a lot of a uh, single healing. I didn't see a lot of single healing for right. week twelve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Mercy, I don't know if it'll have too much effect. Um, I see a lot of Lucio and Anna, so I was kind of hoping to. I really want to see the characters that were used a lot in the week prior to show up more often. I know they have a poll system, they have a percentage, they kind of pop up and say, like, oh, here's a 33% chance that McCree uh, will be picked to not be able to use. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know what they base that on uh, uh, too much, but I would like to see um, characters like that. That aren't in the so much of the meta. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see a lot of wrecking ball. Um, and I mean, I guess Widowmaker and McCree, uh, we see quite a bit of those. So yeah, it's kind of nice to see those um kind of disappear for a week. But the McCree one, I mean, you know, I'm a huge McCree fan. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we just he was just picked on week eleven. So why why are we doing the skin? But I don't know. I, I think it's pretty decisions. randomized. You know, my thing is, I think wrecking balls a big loss because he changes the map so much. There are moments where if it's just capture point and he's able to just swing around in a circle, he can really dominate and become a nuisance. When he's a nuisance, he divides the team's attention up a little bit. And I think that changes how the game's being played when to attack because they're divided by the wrecking ball going into making a mess. I can see him being an effective drop. I think he's going to change some plans out there. I think we might get some old school teams in there. Some old yeah. school comps. So yeah, that's what we have. Uh, that's a quick rundown of the Overwatch League uh, as of right okay. now. Um, All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about some MDIs, my absolute favorite of esports. Ooh. 
Okay. Uh, MDI kicked off last weekend. Super excited about that. It was on April 25th is when they wrapped up. Uh, or uh, sorry, 26th they wrapped up. Uh, current leaders. So this is the leaders. Of course, Method is number one. Uh, Method EU won last year, 2019. Uh, and so a little worried about them winning again. I actually like Method. And uh, after, you know, after some persuasion, I ended up liking Method. It took a bit. Um, but yeah, so Method NA is currently in the head in the lead with 210 points, followed followed by Ethical at 150. So we have a bit of a gap Damn. there. It's it's yeah. it's not it's going to be hard for them to catch up. And then at 120 we have a complexity limit, which for those of you guys who are that's limit. I mean, you know, we don't have to go with complexity. That's a whole new thing. Uh, and then Goosey Bad and Honesty behind them. But the gap between Method and Ethical, it's going to take some mistakes for them to fall behind. The team is solid, of course. I actually really enjoy watching Method play. They invent the routes it's so crazy i mean you could like literally if you're somebody who plays mythic plus a lot like myself you actually have the method add-on where you sit there and you change your routes and stuff like that and you could just follow what they do and add it into your add-on and you could play like well you could follow methods routes not play like method don't <laughs> um so props to them so far on this win it was a big weekend for them and they just keep pushing forward uh yeah i mean method has it for last season it was, it was the eu team but still they're strong so uh, I'm, I'm going to keep up on that one. The other one we're going to be talking about is we had the big uh, Call of Duty. It was the Chicago stand this last weekend. And Chicago Huntsman was defending home, and they're doing a really good job. They're currently second place. Uh, but they fell short to Dallas Empire. They are stomping around. Dallas Empire currently sitting at 150 points. Chicago Huntsman closely with 130. And even closer than that is Atlanta FA sitting at 120. Then everybody starts to follow behind a little bit more. We have the Minnesota, Florida, Paris, London. They're all kind of falling behind. But it's big. I mean, Call of Duty League, when they first announced it, I was a little worried because I was like, okay, you guys are going to go with the uh, Overwatch front. Overwatch is the kind of game that inspires people who are not necessarily gamers to watch when Call of Duty is the pinnacle of what you would think of like the esports matchback and the multiplayer shooters that was this is what everyone was picturing at first so i was a little worried they wouldn't be able to do it these teams showed me that i mean this is just as entertaining as overwatch or CS:GO, even you know uh and they're doing really good i'm really looking forward to call of duty league i think they have a good setup here the teams are dynamic and interesting it's a fun watch have you had a chance to catch up on any no i haven't league? but i did want to ask you um are they doing multiple uh it's not just Team Deathmatch, I'm assuming. It's multiple uh, objectives. Yeah, it changes up. Depending, you know, mostly it's it's these Team Deathmatch, but with like modif- there's a lot of modifiers involved and stuff like that. It, it's it's just so much going on. It's pretty interesting to watch. Uh, and then they're doing these home stands, which is something that they announced for Overwatch this year at BlizzCon or last year at BlizzCon, and they they brought it right in to see it to Call of Duty. So to see that that excitement out out of the Huntsman, you know, the Chicago team and and the home field. Like they knew that they, well, it's not, of course, in a stadium, but you could tell like they were there to defend their honor and stuff like that. It was so cool. Um, I was actually rooting for Chicago, a team that I don't actually necessarily care for. I'm actually a subliner fan from New York and uh, I, I was rooting for them. They did, and subliner did bear, terrible, by the way, but <laughs> uh, I, I was rooting for Huntsman quite a bit. They, they, uh, they were exciting to watch. Exciting now, to watch. so coming from the outside, uh, does this have like a weekend thing like uh, Overwatch does? Like what days can we expect to watch uh, Call of Duty League? Uh, you can watch it. Let me see. I have the I have all the dates here for all of esports that I've gotten written down. And I <laughs> I don't have the Call of Duty one in front of me. I'm sorry. Uh, but I believe it is this weekend coming up. I okay. want to say it's this okay. weekend coming up. And how are we all watching this? Because obviously, I mean, I'm speaking of YouTube. Overwatch a lot. Okay, it's YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So Blizzard signed that agreement uh, with uh, with YouTube, and they oh, left okay. all of Twitch. Blizzard Activision. And this is the Activision half. Okay, Activision as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, it, it is exclusively on YouTube, so we can't host it on our channel. I would love to. We've been hosting a lot of CSGO, though, because they've been going through their uh, eSports. Mm -hmm. uh, real quick, let's go ahead and run down on some of the stuff you guys could be watching this week. We have StarCraft II is picking up theirs over in Shanghai. That'll be very good to watch. League of Legends has their clone matches going on right now. That'll be going on throughout the week. You guys could take a look at those. World of Tanks. I haven't watched this before. I was actually just talking to a friend uh, a couple nights ago that's a big fan of World of Tanks and World of Warships. And when they were talking about it, I was like, I can see that being a fun, competitive thing to watch. So that's your chance. You guys could check that out. We have Heroes of the Storm. It's not dead, guys. You guys can be watching the esports for it right now. You actually just blew me away with that. <laughs> I, I, I thought I did. It's a real fun game to watch. And uh, they actually had the uh, the collegiate rounds a couple years ago. And I really like when they do those ones. That's what I really get into is doing the collegiate rounds. We also have, you know, Dragon Ball Z Fighter, Project Cars, some of the, the smaller ones that are going out there. We have Dota uh, to the internationals coming in. We have the Birmingham matches and everything like that. They're all rolling in. So if you guys are Dota 2 fans, you guys got, got all those out there. Uh, so we have quite a bit of smaller stuff. And some of the big guys are, are continuing their efforts. Uh, it's it's gonna be a fun time. You guys don't have anything else to watch? Come and check out esports, man. There's a lot out there. It's pretty cool. And then I wanted to talk about an interesting story going on, or interesting thing we got going on. Call of Duty Mobile is starting a tournament. Have you tried out Call of, Call of Duty Mobile yet? No, because I mean, I no, I have not because I'm playing Call of Duty on my computer, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, why do I want to play it on my mobile when I can play it on my PC? Right, right. But then again, I'm kind of playing Mobile Legends, and it's like, oh, I can't. I just play. League of Legends are Dota 2 on my PC, so it's like, oh, that's kind of counteracting what I'm telling you about Call of Duty. But I did see that they're having a tournament, so I was like, holy shit, what? Let me explain why I downloaded it on my phone and I'm practicing right now. Okay, okay. Okay. So on April 30th, a $1 million tournament begins for Call of Duty Mobile. The open qualifiers begin on April 30th, and then they'll continue on May 24th. To participate, you must be ranked veteran or higher in the multiplayer. If you earn 80 points in your first 10 ranked matches each week, you'll level up to Stage 2. Uh, here's the hard part, guys. You can use no peripherals, no controllers, keyboards, uh, any mouses, mice. You can't use emulators on your computer, nothing like that. It has to be touchscreen on your cell phone. Uh, and then, so... Everyone that qualifies into the first rank gets something. And then if you go to second rank, you get even more rewards. So there's going to be kinds of exclusives and stuff like that. They're trying to bring people in for this one. I downloaded this app because I'm like, I got to try a shooter on the mobile. I got to get good at this. They're, they have kind of these little helpers that help you aim and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm kind of working on it. I, I played PUBG on the phone for a bit. and It was, you know, it was okay. This might have a little bit. I'm going to try to get that million dollars. I, I know I can't get to, I can't become veteran by April 30th. I understand that. I'm looking at you May 24th. I'm going to be a veteran by May 24th. I'm going to try to clean the house. You want to try to get in this with me? Uh, yeah, sure. I can download it. Check it out. What do you, what, uh, how do you like it? How do you like it being on mobile? Uh, it, it takes a lot of getting used to. I, I'm yeah. the kind of guy that I could see buying a, a keyboard and like that for it. So I'd probably, maybe the game vice we talked about a couple, couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough one to get used to. Uh, and then at stage two, you actually have to have a team. So if other people want to join yeah. in, Okay. I'm gonna need, we're going to need a four-man squad, I think. So uh, we'll yeah. have to recruit a couple of uh, the other podcasters we have on our team here. And, Should I uh, download it? There we go. Guys, yeah. we're going for the $1 million. I tell you what, if we won the, <laughs> win the $1 million, I promise, really nice mics. We're yeah. going to get the green screen behind everybody. It's going to be excellent. You guys are going to be excited. Root for us to get that $1 million. That'd be great. All right, last up, let's go ahead and go into our Final Fantasy VII Remake review. Squeaks has been busy playing. How's the yes, game so far overall, man? Oh, my gosh. 
it, it, this is it's literally one of the best games I ever played this generation. It's that's pretty huge. Fantastic. Um, we could go over. Let's go over visuals first. Okay. This thing is beautiful. Oh my gosh! It's it's. I know we're we're getting into the era of like. Remember back in the day that you would be like, oh, here's a. Um, I always call them 3D scenes. Yeah. But yeah. it looked the graphics were better for like a little cutscene, and then you go yeah, back yeah. to like square the blocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is just so fluent. The whole time is just it's it's what it is. It looks like I'm playing those cinematic scenes uh, when I'm when I'm playing the game. It it's it's gorgeous. Now. But I did like that you could notice, you know how sometimes video games will uh, put so much detail on the main characters and then kind of like those characters that are off walking around the street, they're kind of just shitty blocks or whatever. Yeah. Not, yeah. not too much. So, But some of them that you interact with actually do look really good. Uh, they're not just like a, like they just slacked on, on them. Uh, so I thought I'd notice that right away. Um, the environment is gorgeous. So pretty much with Final Fantasy, uh, real quick, is that there's these... Uh, uh, kind of like uh, these plants that take over this uh this uh what they call it Mako I believe I'm saying it right. Okay. Uh, it, it's pretty much like hurting the planet. So, uh, but what it is though is that you're on this ground floor of this little town, and then right above you is the plant. So I don't even really notice it until one day I was kind of uh, one time I was playing I was just looking around um just at anything I look up I'm like holy shit there's a whole world right above me and it is beautiful the plant above you is just this massive thing that you could just stare at all day. It is gorgeous. Uh, just the minor details that they have everywhere. Um, from like pipes and different levels of the plant. Uh, it literally, it's just like, I never played a game where, I mean, there's probably very few, that the background of where you're at is just is just stunning. And it looks like it's just there with you. So, um, question for you then. Have you, have you played the original? Yes. Okay, yes, did you notice there. the plants in that one? Um, no, because it was always... There's always like semi top down, and you don't get to really control the. Uh, I see. The the camera now, yeah. of course, like the outside of your square that you're in, or whatever uh, environment that you're in front of or in. Uh, I mean, it looks really stunning, but nothing like this where you can just freely look around everywhere. Okay. okay. Um, what I really liked uh, visually too is that okay, so you're running around, you're you know killing things, fighting things. The, just the running of the characters looks so fluent. Like, like they scrapped someone. It just looks like somebody's really running instead of just the video game run. Uh, you know, yeah. like it's so. It's just so crazy gorgeous. On that, I, this is how much I've been pretty much staring at everything. You're just watching <laughs> yourself that. run. I, I get <laughs> it. You're like, look <laughs> at those legs. <laughs> like, there's the objective, but I'm gonna take another lap around here. But yeah. even the characters next to you, everyone's different style, and it's just, it's just. So I'm running next to Tifa, and Tifa just look, is gorgeous next to next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just the the yeah, visually this thing's stunning. Um, kind of close to where before God of War was my favorite visually game, and this might just beat it. And we know God of War looks beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah um, of course the new one, of course. Uh, gameplay reminds me a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I don't know okay. if you've ever played Xenoblade before. Uh, yeah, I think I played a bit, yeah. Okay, so if you kind of remember that you get to control other characters and the moves that they do um, yes. or perform. So, But what I like a lot about this one, you do this. So it does have that Final Fantasy feel where you're commanding someone to make a move. Now, what I like about this one is that you're also fighting, uh, I guess you would call it real-time fighting. Like in the moment you're fighting, you're mashing your button, you're throwing your sword around. And you're right. controlling your moves. Well, also, at the same time, you build up, um, I think it's uh, AP is what they call it. 
if I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember on top of my head. You're building uh, your bars up, and then you could command move. Well, also, if your side character in your party, uh, right now I'm in a party of three with Tifa and Barrett, the guy with the big gun on his arm, if I'm sure yeah. you know. I've seen, yeah, the images, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so if they build that up too, one thing is that they could use moves as well. So it's if it's nice to not constantly feel like you have to babysit them. And then two, you could into the slow motion view where you pick the moves like if you were playing original Final Fantasy VII or a lot of other Final Fantasy games. So it's so uh, much more fast-paced and really feel it. Because even though you're in a slow motion view, you can get hit. And sometimes the, uh, the opponents can also dodge your move as well. So it's kind of like your timely... Uh, you wanted to make the perfect time to perform the moves. Um, but in that slow motion view, I always feel like, come on, let's go, let's go. Like we're, we're still super fast paced. Cause I need to get back to, um, uh, toss my sword around the cloud. Also, what I think is neat that there's certain battles that you want to be the other characters as well. So you can switch characters during the battle. So if, um, the, like the first fight, it's cloud and Barrett and Barrett, uh, there's some turrets up in the sky cloud can't reach it. He only throws a sword. So it tells you, hey, you switch the Barrett and you can perform all his moves. And then you could tell Cloud what you want him to do instead of you being Cloud telling Barrett what to do. What I think is so perfect is that, okay, that's for the fight. Now, after the fight's over, you zoom back in your Cloud and you start walking again. It's not like you're constantly staying as, as a certain character. What a, And I like that a lot because it yeah, still feels like yeah. we're following Cloud's story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's still the protagonist. Yes. Yeah. I like yes. that. Um. Also, what I super enjoy is the uh, the weapons and um, upgrade system in it. So mm-hmm. every time you get a new weapon, you put these, uh, if I'm saying it right, these mar- martas that are important. Materia? Materia. I think that's what it's called. Okay. They're like these little balls and it gives you your ability. So you could use fire, cure, blizzard, and just spells. So what I really like is that the more experience you gain while using, actually just playing any character, the points you get for a weapon. So those points you spend on to upgrade your weapon. Uh, it's it's just upgrade sets. So I don't want to get all into it. But what I think is so genius is even if you're not using the weapon that you have equipped, your side weapons that you used before are also gaining those points. So it really feels like you're not slacking behind on this. Uh, so Cloud's main sword, that big ass thick sword. Right. Yeah. Right now I'm currently on a different one, but I'm still able to gain points for that sword so I can upgrade it at the same time uh i thought that was super neat um i don't know if you want to call that like oh it makes the game too too easy no i think that's i think it's i think it's amazing Hmm. i love that system uh and that goes with every character so you're upgrading every character's weapons as well um so they have a a weapon to upgrade and there's two slots there's like a necklace slot and a a bracelet slot so basically it's just um uh an item to just help stats yeah uh, for each person uh, I really love that. Um, for characters, though, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I haven't felt this good about characters. I'm waiting for since... like something negative, man. You're going all positive. You're I no, just 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 wait, just wait. So, okay, okay, okay. Um, so character wise, I haven't felt this good of any game since, and you know, I love this game to death. Is Kingdom Hearts that I fell in love with the characters. Yeah. We're not talking about number three. Okay. Anything oh, okay. 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 <laughs> okay so. The night's forgivable. Yeah. Yeah. So I get so hooked on these uh, characters. Even this is going to sound crazy emotionally. So even to the point where, okay, so you have a couple girls that are, you can kind of tell kind of flirty with cloud. Right. Okay. 
And I'm like, okay, two things. One, I'm like yelling at the screen, like, Cloud, stop being a little, like, don't be shy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go out there and um, talk to them too. And then also, I'm starting to fall in love with the characters. <laughs> like, oh I'm God. on my screen, like, oh my gosh, I wish Tifa was real. <laughs> like, I, the, just the chemistry between, uh, between Cloud and these, um, uh other characters there's jesse right now i'm with jesse and uh mm-hmm. tifa and you're just i'm just like falling in love with them i just freaking oh my god like Such it's crazy a weird, what a weird love <laughs> triangle what... with your these two video game characters and your wife it's so, <laughs> know, <right? laughs> <that's> so tricky <laughs> but it, it's just like that's how like uh emotionally i'm attached with they just did so good uh with the characters in this game yeah um everyone's different like barrett compared compared to uh um the other ones with Jesse, they're like kind of side characters. I don't really know mm-hmm. their names. Um, they're not important to me. Yeah. Uh, but it's just everyone's so different and unique that that's how you start to like really care about these characters. And that's how kind of like how in Kingdom Hearts where like Sora and Riku and Kairi, they were just all unique in their own ways. Um, and then Donald the Goofy, of course, is Donald the Goofy. But that's what I love so much about it. Uh, so for my negative, I don't have any negatives about this game right now. So, what? so let me tell you what. What a tease. Let me, yeah. Let me Don't distracting us. This is crazy. <laughs> oh, right. So, this is how engaging this game still can be. Because, uh, okay, you play, um, I don't know, like World of Warcraft, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, that's a bad because it's an MMO. But um, what what game are you playing that's not an MMO or I'm trying to think of one? Sea of Thieves. Okay. So, you're constantly doing the same thing. There's nothing really ever changing. I mean, of course, right. they give you some quests or stuff. So let's just pick it like a story game. So you're playing Cloud, you're fighting, you're doing the same thing, everything I've explained to you. And then right. the next level, you're riding on a motorcycle and you're like playing, you're like in a semi in a racing, but you're fighting these other people on a motorcycle at the same time. So it was a whole different feel and different experience. It, it It's something fresh to be like, what the hell am I doing now? I'm literally driving this motorcycle, killing other people on other motorcycles, but I'm like braking, I'm speeding up, I'm jumping off ramps. And, and and you consider that a positive and not a negative. Oh, for sure. Anything that can like keep you engaged that you don't feel like I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over and over. I, I don't know how much of that's in the game still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved it because I was like, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I doing now? That That's what I like about it. It keeps you more, it keeps me engaged because it's like throwing a twist at you. Because I'm thinking of like, for example, Grand Theft Auto, right? They have all kinds of different activities you can do. You can help at the docks. You can race. You can do whatever you want. Uh, And I always find those get in the way. Like, just tell me to rob a bank already. I want to rob banks. But that's, that's the, okay. So the different thing is that this is not an open world game. So it's forcing you into like, okay, you're, you're just going to do these battles uh, straightforward. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. You're open world. You could do it. You could already do whatever the hell you want in Grand Theft Auto. Right. Right. Final Fantasy VII, you can't, you're following this line. So to put me to have me go forward in this line and then like oh throw something exciting at me and then that's what i really like kind of like um uh gosh if like a, i think it was resident evil 5 and i could be wrong to where you're chris now you're doing shooting zombies all day going through these trails the next thing you know you're on top of a, a car shooting at um oh resident evil 6 was actually like this too uh you're on top of a car and you're you know shooting this machine gun out of the car to these zombies and it's like oh that was a qu- cool little level that was different yeah. than everything else uh, so that's how I see it. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto, you could do whatever you want anyway. So, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, you ready to give this thing a grade? And I, ha- I have to pull Daniel. Oh, I have you're to. Killing me, man. This you know, game... I'm gonna hear it on Twitter now. 
People are going to be like, oh, yeah, but did you yeah. mean like this or you need like that? But the thing is, between uh, Final Fantasy VII and Death Stranding, this one deserves the 10 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> This wow. one deserves the A+. Plus. <laughs> and you know what? I just got Death Stranding. We know this. And yeah. I'm going to try it for the first time tomorrow. So I'll give you guys a real real, real review of Death Stranding. Oh, we're going to get the secondary. <laughs> we're going to get the revisional review. Yes. Ooh, I like that name, too. Somebody write that down. <laughs> but no, Final Fantasy X, A+, plus, 10 out of 10. Uh, oh, sorry, Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10, A plus, everything. I love this game. Yeah. All right, guys. We have given out two perfect <laughs> grades now. That is pretty crazy. I don't give out perfect grades for my most favorite game, so that's that's pretty high. Oh, man. I, God, I want you to play this game so bad. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We're going to be moving on to our Facebook gaming review with Anthony and Jonathan, so we'll be heading over there next. All right, we are now moving into our review for the new Facebook gaming app. And Anthony's running the show on this one. Anthony, what's going on with this app? How did you like it? Can you give us some details? At first glance, this app, I was like, or actually before I downloaded it, I'm like, Facebook with a gaming app? No, not going to happen, right? Downloaded the app, and I was actually quite surprised. Uh, taking a look at it, I was like, Twitch has got his hands full with go, uh, competing against this one, that's for sure. Um, first looking at the app, I think if you're not a gamer, this makes you play games. Makes you want to dig into deep with it. With Twitch, I think I feel like you have to be a gamer to be downloading Twitch. If you're not a gamer, you're not downloading Twitch. With this Facebook gaming app, you're connected with your friends right away. You're already linked up with them once you download the app and you connect it to your account. Um, it's easy to stream. I mean, you're looking at it and you can hit stream right now and just start going. It's uh, easy to chat. You're chatting with your friends already. You're watching streamers. It's literally Facebook for gamers. You can watch and go through feeds, gaming feeds, on whatever you're interested in, what you like to play. Um, you can play with friends, which is kind of nice. There's a, a list of games that already that your friends have already downloaded that you can play with, like Wars with Friends. But then there's other games, like your MMOs or any type of game that you can watch and stream yourself. Uh, easy to chat, easy to link up with other people. And what I like is it's you can just watch streaming just like Twitch, but to me it's one step further. It's a little bit more advanced because it makes it so much easier to connect. Whereas Twitch, I think I'm just watching streaming. Or, or Facebook, I think I'm more yeah as a gamer and can play and interact with it more with others, that I people that I know. Where um, Twitch, I don't okay. think it gives you that, that so feeling. The user interface, when you're watching a video, when you're watching one of these streams... Uh, it has the normal chat feature. Is there any way of like, is there emotes? Is there a way to donate to the uh, streamer? So, you know what? There was a uh, something I saw earlier. I think it was Mortal Kombat. They're streaming on Facebook gaming okay. for charity. So there's ways to do charity. There's Modern Warfare. The the mobile gaming app is big on it. Uh, PUBG. And it's you're, you're going through the feed. just like It looks just like Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can like, comment, share. Um, it is a separate Facebook mint. Do you like comment and sharing? Do you feel like it inter integrates with regular Facebook well? Like if I'm liking a streamer and I share it on Facebook and say uh, somebody sees it, a friend of mine sees it, and they want to jump in with me, is it pretty easy to do all that? It, I mean, they're linked together, so it's hard. Okay, I mean, wow. it's just too easy. It's way more user-friendly, in my opinion. And more people are attracted to Facebook 
than they are to Twitch. So I think having it set up like Facebook already, you're just bringing more of the pe- more I guess gamers yeah. or, or clientele in. Whereas the Twitch, you you have to know that you have to be a gamer to get connected, and this is set up the exact same way with some additional features in, in gaming wise. But you can just watch old videos. There's like memes and just different kind of things you can watch on here that it, it literally is. And, and you brought up a game. good point in the fact that you don't have to be a gamer to know about it because with Twitch, they don't do a very good job of like sharing what Twitch is to non-gamers. You have to already kind of want to watch a streamer. So with Facebook, if it's kind of just passively coming across your street, your, what is that wall? Then you'll kind of like, Oh, let me check this out. Let me follow up on this. Uh, Outside of watching streamers, if you wanted to stream, what can you stream? Is it just Facebook games or can you stream, say, uh, League of Legends or something like that? So there is. There, there's people on here right now streaming League of Legends. And once you first log in, you, you click the games kind of you're most interested in. Mm-hmm. And you can always edit that later. But you can jump in, take a look at the games you're most interested in. So I put like League of Legends, Call of Duty, uh, PUBG, Super Smash Bros. And then there's also streamers on here that you can follow them too. Uh, but you can your feed will be those specific games you like or the streamers that you you follow. Is there anybody in particular that you found entertaining on there? Any big streamers? So I don't really know streamers by name, honestly. Um, I kind of just take a look at the ones that are yeah. most popular and kind of watch them. So right now, I, there's not a specific streamer. Um, I like yeah. more watching just the game in general. Uh, for those of you guys who are, are streamer fans, I know that Jeremy Wang, who goes by Disguised Toast, uh, moved over. They basically bought him <laughs> from Twitch. Um, and he does Hearthstone and Teamfight Tactics. So that's one of the streamers I know that's over there. Uh, I haven't checked it out myself yet, and the reason for that is because it's not available on the iOS. It's only on the Google, on Android phones. Uh, do you think they should move this to iOS? Uh, I do. I, I personally do. I think it's going to be the way it looks like now. I mean, it, to me, it's growing fast already. Just looking at the streamers, how many people are watching it, how many are interacting, how easy it is for just me that's not known for gaming or, or even good at gaming that I can just stream myself. I think that they need to take it over to the iPhone. I, I'm, I'm looking here at their donation system or the, the way you're able to like, yeah, donate to streamers and whatnot. They have these coins. Have you looked into this coin system and how that would work? I have not. I've seen it. I've seen other people donate um, while watching streaming, but I haven't dug into it that much to look at that portion okay. of it. Yeah, because it looks like you can buy coins. It kind of looks like a freemium game. You know how you get those games where it's like Simpsons Double Tap or whatever, and you're sitting there buying coins to upgrade things. Uh, it looks like from 1 to 100, you can buy these coins and then donate to them to players, and Facebook will take a cut. Uh, and then as we talked about in the news, because this is on the Android, that means that Google is going to take a 30% cut of that as well. So you have, like with Twitch, for example, when you donate on Twitch, for the most part, the money goes straight to the streamer. There is a little bit of a cut, but not much. Uh, on this, it feels like there's a bigger cut. So if you're donating a dollar, maybe 40 cents of that would go to Facebook and Google. So there's kind of that little loop there too. So if you guys really like a stream and you want to donate to them, try to donate through your actual browser and not so much on your phone. Uh, any other big perks that you like from this one or, or anything that you want to spotlight? So to me, it's just the biggest thing is not being able, not only watching streaming, but to be able to stream and interact with the people that you're already talking yeah. to on Facebook. You're already connected with your friends, and I think that's the biggest thing. And just bringing in people that aren't really gamers to the gaming society, I think is huge. Yeah, because then you could tie in all of Facebook's communities and pages and stuff like that. That's already pre-built community building. 
then you just add more to it. It, it makes sense that it would you would be a good place to conjugate. Right. Yeah. It's already linked up with my friends, and from there I can share with them or look at what games they're playing on their phone through the Facebook gaming, and we can already connect through yeah. there and get started. Now, uh, before Facebook gaming, were you much of a stream watcher? Um, not really. Twitch here and there, or what I see online. But I think with this Facebook gaming app, it kind of brings you in to want to watch it more. Uh, especially the games I'm playing now. So if I'm playing a game on my phone now, why not watch other people yeah. that are playing it? Yeah. Okay. That's awesome, Jonathan. Now I know you're not much of a game or not much of a stream watcher. Would you consider going over because of this Facebook app? Yeah, I think it'd be cool, especially you know because you can connect with your friends on it. So. Like if you, for instance, are streaming some new game you're playing that I've never taken an interest in, but I was like, oh, you know what? I'll watch it because Frank's playing it and see how it goes. You know, I know how you react to games more than most people. So I would know, you know, if if I'm going to like the game based on your reactions. Now with a complete stranger, if I follow them and I see all the games they play and they're, you know, they're a regular streamer and I like what they produce, then I can base my judgment of a game off of their reactions to it. But if I don't, and I'm like like Cheddar, and I just want to check out some here and there, then I don't know really how to how to compare how I'm gonna like a game versus somebody else. So if it is somebody you know, I think that would help a lot, and you can communicate with them. So if if you're playing a game and I say, hey, that looks really cool, let's play that together. We're already on Facebook. We're already able to connect. So I think it, I think it's pretty. Awesome. That's a good point. Yeah, the the people that you're gonna be watching, it's more likely that you know them personally. So yeah. you can trust them a little bit more. It's even a better endorsement for whatever game they're playing. That's yeah. a good call. Well, do you think this Facebook is bringing, from what I'm seeing, the Facebook gaming is bringing in more money than Twitch just because how many people are already on Facebook? Yeah, and, it, and if they make it easier to donate because Twitch has a bunch of like workarounds for donations to where you have to have the Streamlabs add-on and this and that to do these donations a lot of a lot of times and there's also these checkpoints there's affiliations and stuff like that and i don't know if do you know if there's any sort of checkpoint before a streamer can receive donations on facebook have you noticed that wow. yet not that i'm aware of, but i haven't looked at okay. that part too much so yeah I, I know for facebook or for twitch you have to have you know 50 followers and x amount of streaming days and stuff like that so if it makes it easier for new streamers to jump in and easier to donate to streamers facebook's got a huge leap over that because that's already pretty built into facebook that's pretty interesting yeah, I think they're 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 attracting a lot more uh, individuals with this That's with cool. this app. Uh, okay, so this is gonna be a hard one to grade, but would you grade this? Like, how do you think this app is compared to other streaming apps? So we have Mixer, Twitch, and stuff like that. Where, um, whew, I'd give it a solid. I'd give it a solid B. Solid B. Okay. B. Solid B. Yeah, B What's checking out? I'll have to try it out once it's available for for me on my phone. It's uh, pretty cool. Is there any talks for it going over to the iPhone? What's that? Oh, well, yeah. That Is there I any talks? I haven't heard yet about it going to iPhone. I would assume they would. The, it's kind of interesting that they didn't do it right away. I'm wondering if Apple is cooking up their own thing because they have the Apple Arcade. So Good point. Yeah, they could start their own streaming service, which was like we don't need anymore. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't think it would do as well as Facebook. Definitely not as much as Twitch. So we'll see how it goes. Facebook has the pre-built communities. It's the only one who's able to do anything. Yeah. Um, and then Twitch, you know, it already has its pre-established personalities. So that way, that one's good, you know. You think it's too big? You think, I think Facebook's too big for iPhone not to take it. Yeah, eventually you'll have to, eventually. That's our show for the week. 
Thank you guys for your patience as we record from home. We're trying our best to keep that quality up there. Uh, it's not always easy. <laughs> we got the families at home while we're trying to record, but uh, it's it's getting there. And uh, again, thank you for letting us work with this esports desk. It's a brand new segment that we're still shopping, workshopping, and, and, and getting better and better. Uh, it will eventually become its own show. Uh, it'll be two shows a week, one uh, focused on esports. Uh, and that's probably coming in July. But we needed to kind of practice it, get it good. So uh, you might see it get turned and tweaked and stuff like that as the time goes on. We appreciate that. Uh, and again, uh, we want to uh, thank you all, your the patrons that have been helping and support us. We, we really appreciate that. And ask for reviews. Uh, we have grown a little bit stagnant on the reviews. So those reviews really help us out. And most importantly, inspire us. That's really what it is. Uh, whenever we get a review, and I, I'm so excited to share it with the guys. And like, hey, guys, check this out. we got a new review. And it's just... It, it motivates us so much, and we really appreciate those. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Stay safe and be cool with each other. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.